Press releases are dead. DigitalMarketingRadio.com Would you like to start your own show? I'm thinking of developing an online video course teaching how to set up, produce and market your own show. If that might be of interest, dear listener, I would really appreciate if you'd take two minutes of your time to complete the questionnaire at startyourownshow.com. That's startyourownshow.com. The Big Interview with David Bain. How has the way that crisis communications are dealt with evolved over the last couple of years? How do you deal with social media communication in a crisis? And what communication technologies assist with crisis management moving into 2015? Those are just three of the questions that I intend to ask my special guest today, Gerald Barron. Gerald, welcome to DMR. Well, thank you very much, David. Yeah, thank you very much indeed for joining me. Um, well, Gerald is a specialist in emergency and crisis communications with deep experience in working with government agencies and Fortune 100 companies. And you can find him over at agentcourt.us. Um, so, Gerald, um, how has the way that crisis communications are dealt with really evolved over the last couple of years? Well, uh, it has evolved tremendously. I would say in the past uh, four years or so, it's evolved more than uh, any other t- previous time in, in uh, crisis communication history, if we can look at it that way. Um, certainly, uh, the biggest change that uh, occurred has not been in the last four years, but um, about 20 years ago, and that's the emergence of the Internet. The Internet uh, really made it possible, of course, for instant real-time sharing of information all around the world. But what has really changed crisis communication is the, um, is the development of uh, mobile internet technology, particularly smartphones, tablets, um, things like that. What has really happened is what my friend uh, Patrice Cloutier from uh, Canada talks about in terms of social convergence. It's a combination of technology, uh, both uh, you know network technology such as the internet technology such as the um, you know the highly portable internet devices plus um, software like uh, particularly social media but all the forms uh, where people share information and new sites share information um, with people of whoever you know they they connect with so that's been a huge change. Oh, right. Okay. So I guess nowadays, if businesses, even if businesses don't have their own social profiles, um, there still potentially can be their own customers interacting online, talking about their brand. Um, so every business that wants to be big has to understand what happens online. Uh, absolutely. The starting point for that really is is monitoring. So uh, that's an essential part of today's business activities, I believe, is to be monitoring what their online presence is, what their online reputation. Uh, and a, a lot of what I do is helping uh, companies and organizations, government agencies, and so prepare for large events such as um, you know, natural disasters or major power outages or um, oil spills or industrial accidents and that sort of thing. But certainly a lot of this applies to reputation issues as well. But um, the, the biggest change really is because uh, people are now able to 
um, report what they're seeing and report what they're thinking and report what they're hearing uh, instantly and create networks um, and, and use the networks that they have to spread information or rumors or misinformation or, um, or facts and, and pictures and videos about what they're observing and what their, what their thoughts are. Um, it was interesting um, hearing you say that um, you help governments avoid things like natural disasters, but because that involves obviously being proactive about trying to uh, trying to protect and trying to um, stop crises from um, becoming panics, I guess, um, in, in the general public. Um, so um, I guess you would advise businesses that um, there is a great deal of opportunity in being proactive. Um, what are one or two things? that businesses in general can do beforehand to try and ensure that they don't end up being reactive in dealing with crises? Um, first of all, I, if I, if I uh, said that um, I help avert uh, natural disasters or avoid them, <laughs> that's, uh, obviously that's not something that can be avoided or uh, affected in any way, but um, preparing for them certainly can. And let me, even though it isn't a business example, let me give you a very um, relevant example, at least from the United States. And that's what's going on relating to the um, Ferguson riots right now. Um, it, it, and I was just able to present to a group of uh, uh, police chiefs and sheriffs in the United States uh, a week or so ago. And one of the things that we talked about is the Ferguson police uh, did nothing to communicate shortly after the event occurred. Uh, but there were lots of people, there were a number of people who witnessed it, um, at least parts of the, uh, the events that occurred there, and they shared that information. And they grabbed the narrative. They are the ones who told the story. That's where the media got the information, and the story went out from there. As we have learned since then, uh, the picture is far more complex than that. And had the police um, communicated much earlier about what, uh, what they understood had happened, it is um, it, the impact of that situation could be very, very different. And that's just one example. So uh, to, to answer your question, what do businesses need to do pre uh, to prepare? By the way, I've written a book on this. It's called Now is Too Late, Survival in the Era hmm. of Instant News. And uh, because when you do find yourself or businesses, um, organizations find themselves in that, it's too late to prepare. What needs to happen ha has to happen uh, in the first minutes after an event occurs or a social media um, thing starts taking off. So really what they have to have is um, their channels in place. Uh, it's absolutely essential for any business organization who faces a crisis to be able to communicate with people on social media. Um, the primary channels for that are Facebook and Twitter. Twitter being a, an extremely important tool for dealing with the media, for example, because the media has really switched um, how they gather the news a lot to gathering from, from Twitter in particular, but other social media channels as well. So they, they need to be prepared to communicate and they need to, need to understand that there is no such thing as controlling um, the story anymore. Um, the choice is whether or not they participate in the conversation that occurs about almost anything that goes on, whether it's their reputation or some major event that's going on. 
Now, of course, a lot of big businesses and organisations would be concerned about commenting too much before they felt that they knew the facts about the situation. Um, and, of, of course, it's reasonable for them to say something like, we're, we acknowledge that um, there's something going on and, and we're actually um, looking into it at the moment. But is, is there anything else that um, businesses can do until they definitively know the facts? Absolutely. And uh, you're, you're absolutely right. Um, it's There's a high cost in being wrong. But there's all kinds of ways in which information can be provided based upon what's currently available. And the news media, you know, it, it, again, I'll use a U.S. example, but in the 2000 elections, they got they, they, they called the election entirely wrong. And, uh, you know, there were congressional hearings and everything on that. It did not stop them from... Um, moving ahead with reporting of information before doing anywhere near the due diligence that they used to. And the reason for that is simple. Everything moves so fast today that if they are not uh, right up there either first or, or with the others who are first, they're simply going to be out of business because today immediacy is the currency um, that drives uh, the, the news business. So, yes, there's, uh, you know, and if you look how the news reporters report a lot today, especially on breaking stories, things that are happening in the past, is that they will always say, according to information we have available right now, this is what's happening. And some of them have even, because they've been burned so bad by being wrong, they're, they're cautious of saying, no, remember, things may change, but this is what we know right now. And uh, in the case of Ferguson police, obviously that's a different, uh, diff difficult situation in a situation like that because um, they need to gather the facts. However, they, um, there were all kinds of opportunities for them to communicate about uh, what was happening and, uh, and even um, providing some of the information about the, um, uh, the altercation that took place shortly before this, et cetera, that would have given people an understanding of um, that the situation was far more complex than what those people who were commenting on social media, how they were portraying it. A great example, again, from the police side, is uh, what the Boston police did in the, uh, Bo in the Boston manhunt. They were absolutely experts at using uh, Twitter, and uh, essentially all the news media in the world were hanging on what they were saying and as they were um, providing this information. So they became a very, very credible and very timely, um, effective source of information. So there are good examples of how that works. Uh, you mentioned Twitter there, um, and um, you also said the phrase, according to the information that we have now. But of course, um, by the time you've written that in a tweet, that's just about all you can fit into one single tweet. Um, so I, I presume that it is quite acceptable to perhaps just say that once in one tweet, then um, a few tweets after that, you can actually um, talk further about your opinion in terms of what's happening at the moment. Um, well, I, I think that can be a problem because people may only see one or two tweets. They're not necessarily going to see the thread. I think uh, what we certainly teach as best practice is to use Twitter to draw attention to information that's posted on your website. I really believe that the website uh, and and uh, email distribution as well as other channels such as, you know, maybe if you have an organizational blog, those things are, are also very, very important. Where, where Twitter really shines 
in my mind is yes, if you have information that can be captured in that 140 characters in headline fashion, uh, absolutely do so. But also put a link to where more information can be can be gained, and that should be your website or other main channels that you use. So I've seen before, for example, Los Angeles Airport when they had the TSA shooting event uh, a number of months ago, um, use Twitter exclusively. Um, as uh, keeping people updated on what was going on. And they used it very well. However, I'm kind of guessing, and I don't know this for a fact, that the reason that they were relying on Twitter is they didn't have the capability at that time to rapidly update their website. And that's a real problem because you simply can't provide the depth of information uh, that you need to in, in, in Twitter. You need to be able to bring people back to, to more in-depth information you have available. Right, okay, yes. I mean, so many businesses, of course, um, have websites where they perhaps can't actually update it themselves and they have to rely on, on some IT department and that has to be approved as well and it can take days to get new pages up there and, and that's just not effective for the modern progressive world where you actually have to get information up there quickly sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And if they're in that position, I say, well, go ahead and use your fax machine. <laughs> uh, I mean, the, the point is the world has changed and, and that's exactly, um, you know, your question. How has it evolved? They, they simply can't afford to have an IT department. of, And I see this all the time, obviously, uh, all these security requirements and things. And obviously that's serious. But people, uh, communicators have to have the tools available to them, including instant access to the web uh, to their uh, websites. Well, now, one way of working around that, if you have a, a large, complex organization, is uh, you can set up a blog site using a WordPress or Tumblr or things like that, and um, and that can be set up almost on an instantaneous basis. I mean, I've worked in uh, crisis situations where clients simply couldn't work around the, um, you know, the the web restrictions that they had. Mm. So, um, in 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 minutes, I could set up a, a WordPress account get a link on the main site uh, directing people to that and then use that as the platform for providing more in-depth information. Yes, it's a bit sad, but I mean, th there are quite a few organizations out there that um, are controlled um, by upper directors, upper management that um, are a little bit more traditional in approach and um, are very conservative with regards to who has the ability to actually publish content. Um, I take it you are of the mindset where you think that, that multiple people within an organisation should have that ability to be able to publish content um, on behalf of the organisation. In my mind, it's absolutely essential. I mean, and, and that's a CEO issue. If the IT department doesn't understand the realities of dealing with today's crises, uh, that's fine. That's not their area of expertise. But the CEO or the organization leaders need to listen to the people who do have responsibility for that and say, we have to have 100% uh, real-time access to our, our uh, digital channels uh, to respond to today's, uh, you know, to, to the reality that we have to deal with in this, in, in this instant news world. So you've mentioned Twitter, obviously, as a very important technology to communicate quickly and effectively in a crisis. But what other management technologies are out there? Uh, perhaps social networks, perhaps pieces of software to actually manage brand mentions that you're aware of that can assist with that crisis management? Well, there's, there's a whole range of technologies that are really important, and there are a few technologies that sort of bring them together. Um, 
and and obviously I was involved in uh, developing one. That's how I really got in this business because it, uh, I was in the public relations business and involved in dealing with some uh, major crises and developed a, a system called the Peer System. I'm, I can say that now. I, I no longer own the company. Sold the company about five years ago and have nothing more at stake. But uh, it is still a leading, um, uh, probably the the global leader in crisis communication management on a on a comprehensive basis but there are new systems that are emerging to uh to enable organizations to really um efficiently manage communications across multiple platforms one of the biggest issues there is how do you deal with engagement how do you deal with all the inquiries and so there are and that's an area where there hasn't been an awful lot of development peer has a good tool for doing inquiry management. And again, there's some new ones emerging in that area as well. But um, one of the biggest areas of technology that's emerged um, in the past um, oh, five to eight years has been um, text and automated phone notification systems. That's a really important part. Uh, another uh, area of technology that has evolved is um, sort of information sharing platforms. Um, there's companies like uh, Mission Mode, and uh, Knowledge Center and companies like that that provide um, a basis uh, for uh, people who are responding to have a get a, a common operating picture. Some of the uh, newer ones also integrate social media monitoring as part of that. And social media monitoring has become hugely important in the emergency management community as well as crisis communication for not only communication reasons but for situation awareness. Because in events, people can really learn more what's going on. The, the responders can learn more what's going on by paying attention to what people on social media are saying. So there's really a whole range of technologies that really touch on, on uh, crisis communication, emergency communications today. Right, okay. I mean, I certainly find it really exciting what's happening at the moment in digital because um, things have evolved so quickly over the last five, eight years or so. And um, it's just um, exciting and probably a little bit scary for some CEOs what might happen um, and how quick the, quickly those changes might happen because obviously it will impact their organization significantly. Absolutely. And, and it does keep changing. So it's something that, uh, you know, people have to be continually uh, sort of taking note of. But there are a number of um, websites and, and uh, bloggers around that do a good job of tracking sort of what the emerging technologies are and, and how those affect, um, you know, this, this particular area. Well, let's change ourselves a little bit here and uh, segue into the second section of our discussion. So um, focusing more on your thoughts on what's happening in general in digital marketing today. So starting off with software I couldn't live without. What software do you currently use in your business that if someone took away from you, it would significantly impact your marketing success? <laughs> uh, well, you know, I've, I've, uh, I've, uh, Changed from uh, you know having a couple of different businesses in the marketing and public relations area, and then in the communication technology area to a uh, one-person consulting business. So that changes a little bit. But throughout all of that, one of the things that I have relied on probably for the past ten years or so is uh, is a blog. I blog at crisisblogger.com and also blog for Emergency Management Magazine or uh, EmergencyManagement.com. And so even though blogs have sort of lost their cachet a bit, uh, I think that they continue to be a, a, a very important uh, means of, um, of reaching a lot of people. Um, my daughter, I should say, absolutely puts me to shame in terms of blogging because she is one of the top food bloggers in the world. She has an absolutely massive audience. Um, 
Financial Times in uh, London identified her blog as the number 15 uh, food blog in the world, and she was named the number one cooking blog in by Savier Magazine in 2013. And from that, she's uh, got a very nice cookbook deal coming out. So blogs are still a um, tremendously important tool. I happen to use Twitter primarily as a blog promotion tool. Uh, I don't uh, tweet a lot about what's going on in my life or anything like that, but when I um, post something on one of my blogs, uh, I will tweet about it, and there's probably a half a dozen to a dozen other people who are following me, and if they like what I'm saying, they'll retweet it. And so uh, uh, so rather quickly, uh, about, uh, you know, probably several thousand people are alerted that I uh, put a blog post on out talking about some some subject or the other. So those are I, uh, those are the primary uh, marketing tools that I use. Well, you have to give your daughter's blog a little bit of a plug as well. So, so what's her website address? Oh, well, thank you, David. <laughs> it, it's called notwithoutsalt.com. And nope. Her name is Ashley Rodriguez. And uh, if you want to see uh, um, a, 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 how, how blogging is done exceptionally well, um, have a look at that one. Excellent. And I take it by blog, you mean self-hosted WordPress blog? Uh, yes, obviously there's different blogging platforms, but yeah, uh, I, I mean, going back to the original idea of blogging, it's basically a platform for sh- for sharing thoughts and and, and information. So, uh, it, and like I said, I think uh, some of the cachet has gone from that, but I think it still is a, a very important tool, and and in crisis communication as well, because uh, um, you know that it. It can help get around the issue that we were talking about um, earlier of accessing the organization's primary website. So, yeah, I, I, I would say, and probably that maybe dates me and makes me sound a little bit old. I have never been a Facebook fan. <laughs> um, I don't like it. I don't use it much. I see the value of it in certain circumstances. Um, but from a crisis management standpoint, yeah, a lot of people use it. Um, I'm not a big fan of using it for that purpose, certainly not to the same degree as Twitter. Well, I think a lot of businesses are starting to fall out of love with Facebook, certainly at the moment, with what's happening with their reducing reach for their pages, they're reducing organic reach. So businesses obviously have to pay more to drive their own likes, their own um, visitors to their own website. So uh, um, it's a bit challenging. However, it's obviously cheaper advertising than Google AdWords. So um, if it works, then obviously businesses are are going to pay ultimately. Um, but here's a slightly more challenging question. What software don't you use, but you've heard good things about and you've meant to try at some point in the near future? Probably the one that I don't use um, myself, but I believe is a um, powerful tool and, uh, uh, and with lots of potential is, uh, is Instagram. Um, and I know my, again, my daughter has used it. My, my, I have three children and all of them are far more adept at these things than I am. That's not, uh, that's not too surprising, but, um, so Instagram, Pinterest, those sorts of things, I think for, for, again, certain applications are extremely important. Obviously it's, it's a very common popular thing. So, uh, it's not, it's not going to be earth shattering to anybody to say, Hey, uh, have a look at this, but that's one that I would say, um, uh, I don't use and and probably should be. Mm. I, I mean, I guess it depends on the type of business or the type of clients that you have and whether or not they're likely to interact 
on that medium as well because um, you, you can't be absolutely everywhere. So um, as long as if you're at the places that your customers are, then you're probably doing better than most. That's true. But um, I think, you know, Instagram and Pinterest are both um, very visual media, as as is YouTube, obviously. And I think um, the the importance of visual in in marketing and digital marketing, but also in crisis communication, is often um, you know f- overlooked. So uh, you know, well, it certainly applies a, a lot more to certain types of businesses and certain types of organizations than others. Uh, everyone who is in, um, I think, in marketing, and again, I look at it from a crisis communication standpoint. Uh, everyone who has to deal with a crisis should be thinking about uh, thinking in visual language. Going back to your question, though, I think one of the um, um, areas of technology that I am most interested in and have been getting more involved in is online learning. Mm -hmm. And I think this is an area, uh, I don't know if it's just, uh, I, I know that it's growing rapidly. I've been involved in developing a series of training videos and online training programs for um, some large oil companies and for a large federal agency. Uh, and I think um, online learning is going to be transforming um, how uh, you know how we work in organizations as well as how our education system operates. I wish I would have. I'd like you to look back on the very first day that you were involved in trying to market a business online. What didn't you do so well? What do you wish that you would have done differently? <laughs> oh, that's a great question. Well, um, we really started, I, w- I was in the marketing business, and I remember a young employee came to me in 1994 and said, um, you know, we really need to be looking at this thing called the web. And I said, what's the web? And uh, so we started building our first websites not long after that. It was in 1999 that I created, um, um, with a a small team of developers, we created the PEER system. PEER, by the way, stands for Public Information Emergency Response, and it was because I was involved in the large gasoline pipeline explosion in uh, in our community. And um, this, the system that we envisioned was specifically uh, for uh, organizations to be able to deal with a crush of media and public interest you know, in an event such as this. What I didn't realize at the time is that um, much of the functionality of Peer, which was created in 1999, later appeared in a little system called Facebook. <laughs> and, if I, and if my vision had been a little bit broader to say, hey, this is something that uh, college students can use rather than, um, uh, you know, emergency responders in big oil companies or government agencies, uh, I might be uh, in a little bit different position. Uh, I'm not complaining, but you know, I'm just pointing out that uh, <laughs> things could have been different. You could have been Zuckerberg. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, he had a he had a different vision, but it's it's amazing when you look back at the functions uh, that um, you know clearly um, a lot a lot of the functions were were were, were quite similar. The this or that round. Okay, let's move on to the this or that round. So that's the quick response round. Ten quick questions. Try not to think about the answer too much. I'm just looking for your gut reaction here. Ready to go? Mm Mm-hmm. Email or Twitter? Uh, Email for selling things. Audio or video? Video. Affiliates or display advertising? I'm sorry. What was that? Affiliates or display advertising? 
Ah, uh, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on that one because I'm not sure I know what you mean. Okay, Facebook or Google Plus? Neither. Online press <laughs> releases or one-on-one relations? Uh press rela- pre- press releases are dead. Paid search or SEO? Uh, SEO. Email contact form or telephone number? Email form. Website or app? Whoa, that's a tough one. Both. Social subscriber or email subscriber? Email subscriber. And local marketing or global marketing? Well, obviously it depends, but uh, everyone can be global, so I'll say that. What was the most challenging answer to give there? Oh, uh, well, web versus app, that's a, that's, a, that's a really good question. And my answer, I think, was both. But clearly, uh, the emergence of mobile technology, uh, as well as, um, you know, the continuing growth of video. I think those things are, are hugely important. The $10,000 question. If I was to give you $10,000 and you had to spend it over the next few days on a single thing to grow your business, what would you spend it on and how would you measure success? Oh, do I have to answer that one quickly too? <laughs> 10000 that's, you can, that's you know, a pretty good chunk of change. Have a think about it. Um, I, what I would do uh, to grow my business would be to um, focus on developing a really strong um, really strong content in the area of crisis communication training and a uh, and a digital platform to deliver that on. Uh, okay, right. Um, so it's all about content. So I, I presume um, you'd use some content to actually promote your training program as well. Uh, yeah, and again, that's where SEO and probably paid advertising comes in as well. But um, part of the challenge there is we're in a multiple multiple channel world. Uh, certainly, there, as as we've seen even in this conversation, there's a pretty broad range of where people are at and organizations are at. So, not one uh, particular approach is the be all and end all. I think uh, I think everyone sort of sort of needs to have a mix of more traditional approaches as well as the uh, the digital approach. Certainly, there are examples of where digital only is all that's needed. Uh, you know what my daughter has done is a is a great example, but um, I think for a lot of businesses, including mine, uh, there are a lot of people. I, I, I was just at this conference and and uh, surprised at the at the lack of uh, police agencies in a pretty uh, urban area who did not yet were not yet using social media and who did not have real control over their website. So the, those are basics. Mm, absolutely. Um, well, I remember um, I was actually doing a seminar um, back in 2007. Uh, and I'm pleased to say that um, um, one police department did actually attend that seminar I was doing. And that was seven years ago. So they were reasonably pro- progressive. So I'm quite happy with that. Uh, well, there's certainly there's those that are providing a great example for the others. My number one takeaway. Well, Gerald, you've offered a lot of great advice in our conversations, so thanks for that. But what's the number one takeaway? What's the single most important step that our listeners need to take away and implement in their own businesses? Um, I'm going to go back to the crisis communication area, but I think this applies to digital marketing in general as well. The biggest challenge that I face in dealing with a lot of different organizations is them not understanding the degree to which the world has changed, the degree to uh, which um, 
how, how much has changed in terms of how people get information, how they interact with each other, how uh, how news has become not news anymore, but a conversation. And, and marketing has become much more of a conversation. So if they don't really understand at a pretty significant level uh, what this change really means and how deep it goes, uh, then um, strategies are going to uh, are going to be an error and, and they're going to struggle with either crisis communication or some of these digital marketing challenges. Well, that takes us towards the end of our conversation today. So thank you so much for your time, your focus and your advice. What's the best way for our audience to find out more about you and what you do? Well, you mentioned my website, agincourt.us. Uh, and uh, my email is gerald.baron, B-A-R-O-N, at agincourt.us. So uh, feel free to, um, to contact me and I'll see if I can help. Lovely. Well, thanks again, Gerald. Thank you, David. Did you like it in radio? Did you like it in radio? Did you like it in radio? That guy.